Welcome to Rebel Roundup, ladies and gentlemen, and the rest of you, in which we look back at some of the very best commentaries of the week by your favorite rebels. I'm your host, David Menzies. Hey, hold your tongue. You see, the CBC has a new list of words that are under the ban. Just one hitch, though. Turns out CBC executives are using those words that they don't want you to use. What the hell? Um, can I say hell? Sheila Gunn-Reed has all the nitty-gritty details. Do you remember the 1994 Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, Junior? It was about the world's first pregnant man. Well, what was a supposed comedy in yesterday is now becoming a reality today. Wow, Natasha Biazzi has all the gruesome details. And letters, we get your letters, we get your letters every minute of every day. And I'll share some of your responses about my interview with a protesting nurse who was complaining about the stress level of working at Ontario hospitals these days. Um, do you think a major factor might be all those nurses who were suspended without pay for not getting vaxxed? Those are your rebels. Now let's round them up. in late November when CBC decided that they were going to scold and lecture all the normal people of Canada for the crime of using common parlance that CBC decided was racist. In case you missed that lecture, here are the words that CBC said you can't use. Blackmail, blacklist, black sheep, ghetto, inner city, spooky, sold down the river, grandfathered in, spirit, animal, powwow, tribe, lowest on the totem pole. Savage, gypped, gypsy, first world problem, like CBC lecturing you, brainstorm, blindsided, blind spot, dumb, lame, tone deaf, and crippled. Let's read from this article. Have you ever casually used the terms spirit animal, first world problem, or spooky? It might be time to rethink your use of these phrases and remove them. From your daily lingo, CBC Ottawa compiled a small list of words submitted by readers and some of our journalists who are Black, Indigenous, and people of color. We ran some of the words by anti-racism and language experts, obviously looking for a solution in search of a problem, who said some of these phrases can be hurtful to various groups of people for their historical and cultural context. Being an English speaker doesn't entail that you necessarily know the racist entomology automatically. Well, I'll be darned. Um, can I say darned? You see, Canada's state broadcaster slash propaganda mill has long lectured citizens on implementing CBC-approved language while banning words and phrases that are somehow offensive to somebody. And yet documents reveal that CBC's own executives are guilty of using a few of their own banned words. Holy hypocrisy. And joining me now to weigh in on this issue is Rebel's chief reporter, and that would be Sheila Gunn-Reed. How you doing there, Sheila? David, I'm great. I'm thinking of new ways to shoehorn banned words into my <laughs> common parlance. It seems as though CBC banned, at least for Canadians, but not for themselves, any phrase that included 
the word black in it, blacklist, black ball, even black sheep. I mean, who's complaining about that? Um, but simultaneously, while scolding Canadians about innocuous use of common phrases, they were using them all over the place, behind closed doors, even in discussions about their new diversity panel. They were using the phrase blacklist, which I just thought was, you know, to use a phrase I used the other night on the live stream, perfection. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, Sheila, I'm so glad you brought up the whole black issue because you're right. Black male, black sheep, those are on the CBC ban list. But this shows you how stupid these bureaucrats yeah. at the CBC are. Blackmail has nothing to do with race. It has nothing to do with black people. The word traces its origin back to 16th century Scotland. Uh, not a lot of black people there. And it had, like I said, its origins are not rooted in race at all. They just see the word black and they assume it's a race or a skin color word, and they don't even do their research. I mean, and so therefore, uh, black male, black sheep, it goes on the CBC blacklist. Oops, is there a blacklist? <laughs> I guess yeah, that's under the ban too. <laughs> well, that's the thing. And, um, you know, this is, it wasn't us who filed for this access to information. Somebody else did, but it was proactively disclosed by the government because they can only sort of keep back uh, documents they've released to someone else for a certain period of time before they become available to the public. And so we routinely scan those because there's a lot of gold there. The reason we think there's a lot of gold there is sometimes mainstream media organizations file for access to information they get responses, but it's not the response they were looking for. <laughs> <laughs> and so they just don't bother doing it. They bury the story. They try to bury the documents. Wow. So we routinely scanned these. And that's how we found this. And some intrepid access to information filer. You know, I'm a little embarrassed it wasn't me. They asked for the use of CBC executives using these words. And I think that's important. Um, I think there are probably still some normal people left at the CBC or people who just don't care about this stuff, but you want a good, reliable job in media um, where you're insulated from the reality of you know, actually having to do good work um, because the government's always going to give you $1.5 billion a year. There's some of those people, just worker bees there. And I don't really care what the worker bees are saying, but I do care what the CBC executives are saying, in particular, uh, Catherine Tate. She was using these words. Uh -huh. She's the CEO of CBC who doesn't even actually live in Canada. I think she lives in New York. So uh -huh. I guess the Canadian content rules don't apply to her. Actually, Sheila, I take great offense to the term worker bees. I think that's classist, if you don't mind me saying so. The idea of worker bees and soldier bees and the queen bee, well, there's monarchy and uh, imperialism for you. But, you know, you know, Sheila, the world is now beyond parody when you see yeah. these kind of stories. I used to do uh, at the end of the year at Rebel, I would, you know, so be the last day of December, I'd make predictions for the following year about crazy things that would be deemed politically incorrect. And one time 
Uh, what I said was that the word brainstorm will be put on the do not use list because there. it will refer to <laughs> a storm in one's brain. The mentally ill will complain about that. Sure enough, when I aired that uh, weeks later, somebody from England informed me and, and showed me the newspaper article that a town council there banned the term brainstorm for that very reason. And here it is. Brainstorm is on the CBC list. Sheila. This is insane. We all brainstorm every morning here at Rebel News. How is this offensive to those having mental illness problems? Is this a matter of the CBC worker bees, if you will, being offended on the behalf of somebody that isn't offended in the first place? I think so. Um, I think this is like, you know, you so often see uh white liberals privileged white liberals telling <laughs> poor minorities what they need to do to succeed you see that all the time it's just for a bunch of people against the patriarchy and uh condescension they're sure real good at it i think there's a lot of that people being offended on behalf of other people who just don't care um and it, we when you say that the liberals are quickly becoming beyond parody. How many predictions from the Babylon Bee have come true? Yes. <laughs> you know, it's constant <laughs> with them. They're like another Babylon Bee prophecy comes true. But this happened to us, too. We <laughs> did a story called um, Big Tech Censored Trump, and they could censor you, too. And I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> and you know what Big Tech did? censored us and demonetized us for that and you know like as you say they are beyond parry parody there's no um sense of self-awareness whatsoever when they're doing these sorts of things they call you know the word brainstorming ableism but it's always some perfectly oh. healthy guy saying that you can't be ableist and the people who are experiencing whatever disability they think you're defending them you know like they're stopping you from insulting they generally don't care. You know, Sheila, I, I can't recall one instance in my life where I even use that word, ableist. The, the, these are the fake manufactured words I, of the progressive I only use left. it to mock people. <laughs> I only use it to mock them. And speaking <laughs> of mocking, you're right. Babylon Bee articles are becoming reality. As I've said before, uh, in 2019, Mad Magazine, which used to be a license to print money, went out of business, I think, because partly you can, can no longer uh, parody the world anymore. Mad Magazine is now the front page of your newspaper. And I'm going through these words again, uh, Sheila, and I'm trying to find the offensiveness in them. Uh, grandfathered in. Is that because maybe That's if someone. Ageist. Oh, That's it's ageist. ageist. I see. Uh, lame. What's wrong with lame? Ableist again. Ableist again, David. But if you but so we can't refer to a president as being a lame duck president uh, because of the, the, the ableist problem. Here's one blind spot. If you drive a car, you have a blind spot. You have to do the shoulder check. Who in blue hell, Sheila, is offended by the word blind spot? <laughs> I don't know. Blind drivers. I have no idea. <laughs> you know, if you cannot see something. If you are in, if it is, if you can't see it, you're blind to it, right? Like that's that's a descriptive word. It's not an ableist term. But we've got CBC in that article. They were able to round up, I don't know, experts uh, <laughs> to say that these words are somehow offensive. But this goes back to my theory 
this is a like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. There's this subclass of academics who go around saying everything is offensive or everything is racist. But you know who offers the solution, the training to help people address their so-called racism or offensive language? Those very same people. So, 100%. So they, they accuse you of something. So they create the market for what they're selling and then they come along and sell it to you. And government agencies are happy to spend the money because it's not their money. Yeah, it's our money. And that's what makes us doubly egregious. But Sheila, I want to know, has CBC responded publicly about this hypocrisy, this double <laughs> no. standard, them tutting us to not use all these no. words on my sheet and yet they use it? They haven't even responded to this, have they? No, I mean, these are the same people who kept their mouths shut about their flagship conspiracy theorist, Wendy Mesley, using the N-word at oh, least yeah. twice in staff meetings. And they kept their mouths shut about it until a whistleblower went public about it. And uh, then they had to remove her from the air. But this simultaneously, the woman is on air calling conservatives all over the place racist. She did that atrocious interview with Maxime Bernier basically saying that he was a racist because he was conservative and what about rebel news like why he even bothered to talk to us I'm pretty <laughs> sure we don't use the n-word in staff meetings Wendy no. you do but no. we she has no problem calling people the thing that which she is guilty of like oh. so many liberals <clears throat> Justin Trudeau Oh my goodness, you know, uh, should um, Pierre Polyev or Leslie Lewis become prime minister in the future, hopefully they will make good on their pledge to defund the CBC. This is just another outrageous, egregious example. One last thing, Sheila, because we're running out of time. Uh, I, I don't know if you noticed, I hesitated introducing you at the beginning of the show, given your title, Rebel Chief uh, Reporter. Uh, Chief, I believe, is going the way. Uh, well, I'll make a prediction right now. The Kansas City Chiefs, the great NFL football team down in Missouri, uh, it, in our lifetime, they will have another nickname like the Redskins, the Indians, the Eskimos. That is going to be uh, a term non grata for non-Indigenous people. Your last thought, Sheila. And do we have a new title for you so we don't offend anyone at the CBC? <laughs> you know, it's very interesting because I have a very close friend, friend my whole life. He's indigenous. Yeah. His nickname, everybody knows him by, Chief. Uh -oh. Everybody knows him. <laughs> and I don't think he's ever been offended about it a day in his life. It's what he calls himself. If I call him by his real name, it weirds him out. So again, this is just a bunch of white liberals being offended on behalf of other people, normal people, minorities who are too busy living their lives to care. Couldn't have said it better myself, Sheila. Great piece as always. Thank you so much. And you have a great weekend, my friend. You too, David. Thanks a lot. And that was Sheila Gunn-Reed somewhere in the northern hinterland of Alberta. Keep it here, folks. More of Rebel Roundup to come right after this. Naturally born biological males are now possibly going to be able to carry children <sighs> through womb transplants. Yes, that doesn't sound at all bye frightening. Bye-bye, women. Yeah, bye. I mean, what a way to render us completely obsolete. It's been nice being here. Yeah. Thanks for having us, Earth. <laughs> it's been peachy. So <laughs> Dr. Narendra Kaushik is a New Delhi surgeon. Uh, and basically, he claims that th uh, this is the future and hopes that the surgery will allow trans women to carry children let, let's not even talk about the fact that 
this whole procedure is very expensive and risky, what about the implications this might have on the child? Mm. Like, how do we, we don't know. We like, no why idea. are children always unconsenting subjects to weird social experiments? Mm -hmm. Every transgender woman wants to be as female as possible. That includes being a mother. This doctor is quoted as saying, so sorry, first of all, not every woman can have babies and not every woman wants to have babies. Feels like the end of times. It really does. I'm just like, what are, like men can carry babies, abort your baby because you just don't feel like it, even yeah. after it's been born, yeah. arguably. Like, and, and now let's just put uteruses, the one beautiful privilege that women do have, most women do have, is to be able to give birth and you're just gonna take that away from us too? Like, goodness gracious, mm -hmm. Lord, take me now. Like a man can take that and implant it into another man. Like, what is the need for women at all? There is no need for us. And we're gonna become second-class citizens like we were yeah. in the past, and this is feminism? Folks, do you remember that 1994 wannabe comedy, Junior, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger? It was about the world's first pregnant man, but what was once fodder for jokes almost 30 years ago is now becoming reality today. Yeah, apparently transhumanoids want to have babies. <laughs> and thanks to a heaping helping of weird science, it looks as though their wishes shall be granted in the near future. Holy Frankenstein. And joining me now with more on this story is Natasha Biazzi. Welcome to Rebel Roundup, Natasha. Thank you for having me. You know, uh, that piece you did with Kat, uh, it comes across as comedy, but there's an underlying layer to it, which I find disturbing. I should mention, I, I think... 1994 was the year you were born. It was. And uh, I, I know the idea back then was Arnold Schwarzenegger, top action star in the world. If we uh, guys will buy a ticket just seeing his name on the poster, if we can get just half of the female audience to buy tickets, um, then this will be the biggest box office movie of all time. Uh, well, the studio outsmarted itself. It was a, a critical failure and it was a box office failure because – Nobody in the 90s thought this was a good idea. A man about to give birth. What is going on right now? Yeah, it's funny. I guess the world didn't learn from that movie's mistakes, <laughs> hey? <laughs> yeah, it's it's wild. I mean, I to me, it, what's most controversial about it is the fact that science and the medical industry is just really trying to actually erase women. Like, that's what this is. Because if, if this Indian doctor is successful in transplanting a womb inside a biological male, then what is the use for women? You know, I, I think there's um, some perverse irony that this uh, Indian doctor is indeed a, a doctor in India. I'm being repetitive there because last I looked, I don't think India was having a problem with its population. <laughs> so here's here's a, a, a an operation procedure that gives uh, people that normally wouldn't have a baby the opportunity to have a baby in what is one of the most populous nations on earth don't get that. No, me either. <laughs> and it's like, as you, we were kind of chatting about this earlier, but it's like, aren't there other things that we should be focusing on in the medical industry? You know, maybe healing people would be yep. nice. I mean, there's many diseases that have yet to be cured. 
Yes. You know? Uh, and, and what is the cost of this operation, uh, Natasha? Yeah, it was um, – so I, they haven't successfully performed this operation before. So this is experimental. They did it back in the 30s, I think it was. Um, and I don't know if your audience is familiar with the movie The Danish Girl. That mm. that was the first person to ever have this surgery performed on them. And I think it costs like tens of thousands of dollars. Plus, you have to do IVF on top of that because you have to fertilize – outside of the body and then implant it inside this biological male. Well, it seems like a whole lot of trouble and a whole lot of money. Here's where I stand when it comes to transgenderism, uh, Natasha. Look, if you want to slice and dice your genitalia, if you want to take hormones, if you want to dress in the clothes of the opposite sex, mm -hmm. you know, knock your boots out. We're all about freedom. Yeah. But, you know, as Bill Maher said uh, the other week, not everything is about you, you being the trans community. You see them out there with the uh, abortion pro uh, protests, um, yet they can't uh, deliver babies. So I, I don't know why they're there. And now yeah. we have this. It, it, it's all about pregnancy. Um, I, I just if you want to live your life uh, as as a trans person, and you're not one of these uh, people such as uh, Leah Thomas, mm. who is destroying NCAA swimming for biological females. Uh, I have no problem with that. But I do have a problem with this kind of intrusion yeah. that's going on. What are your thoughts? No, absolutely. And just kind of going back on the protesters and stuff, um, Bill Maher saying, uh, you know, it's not about you. It's true. There's yeah. such an authoritarian aspect to all of this where I have to bend my morals and my values to appease you and to appease the less than 1% of the population. True. Yeah. You know, truthfully, it's not like this is the majority of people are struggling with gender confusion or they weren't up until, you know, there was this weird agenda. I guess there's been a weird agenda rather to push it on people, specifically children. And look at how that agenda is being carried out. My yeah. goodness gracious, Disney World in Florida it's now under the ban to use ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. You're supposed to use something generic like friends. I mean, it sounds like the Frankenstein monster talking yeah. friend, friend. Oh. And I can't help but think if Walt Disney were alive, he'd probably strangle the CEO. We are catering. I mean, the phrase, the tail wagging the dog comes to mind, Natasha, because we are talking about a percent of a percent of a percent yeah. of those people who aren't just trans, but they're radical trans. And yet it seems that the radical trans agenda is driving policy yeah. for everyone. No, it's true. And I'm to your point, I'm sure most members of the LGBTQ, ABCDEFG community <laughs> just want to be left alone. Like, I think they just want to be able to, you know, marry whoever they want dress up however they want without bothering other people and yep. just go on being productive members of society. So you're right. There is just this radical part of this that doesn't represent the community at all, I'd argue. Yeah. And by the way, you forgot 2S. Oh, you, you got to throw that in there when you I'm do that. I'm such a uh, bigot. Uh, people, a descriptor. And, um, and even the language is ch changing. Uh, we have a Supreme Court judge in the U.S. that could not identify the definition of a woman. Yes. We have people saying, oh, you're not supposed to use breastfeeding anymore. It's chest feeding because we don't offend those trans people that don't have breasts. <sighs> Natasha... There was an, a story from yesteryear, The Emperor's New Cloak. Yeah. And it ends, of course, with the little boy seeing through the BS and saying, hey, the king's naked. Mm -hmm. um, 
I don't think you could write that book today because now pointing out the obvious, if it's insensitive to even a tiny fraction of a radicalized population, that's offside. No, it's it's so true. And it just speaks to the importance of talking about these ideas and not letting the narrative overpower the truth. Right. Yeah. Because we know we're right. We're on the right side of history here. And I yeah, I think that it's that story should be an inspiration for all of us as conservatives, because I think we need to start conserving. Yeah. One last question, uh, and this is very sensitive, and of course, those who bring it up, you're automatically labeled as transphobic, but the facts are there. There have been studies that are showing that a more than average rate of, say, autism, Asperger's syndrome are in the trans community. And simply by pointing that out, going by the numbers, and science is science, mm -hmm. this is not the weird science we were talking about before, you are labeled as being a hater, insensitive, etc. But I am of the belief that many in the radical transgender community that are driving these agendas, there is an element of mental illness. Mm -hmm. Why are we bending the knee to these people instead of helping them get better. Yeah, I know it's crazy how our medical system is failing these people by just, they go in for their appointment and they're handed puberty blockers and all this stuff without yeah. really doing their proper, you know, thorough research on this person. And yeah, I think we're really doing a disservice to people and just how this is gonna affect kids and people in the long term. Like, man, society's on fire right now. Imagine what it's gonna be like when these people are running the show. <laughs> By then, I maybe I'm checking out. And I'm, <laughs> I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> no, you gotta, you, you gotta be a warrior to get okay. the world back on course, Natasha. I'll do my Anyways, best. you and Kat did a, a wonderful piece on that. And Thank you. I'll, I'll tell you folks, I, I, I mean, look at some of those photos associated uh, with these transgender uh, birth movements. I, I can't help but think when the child is old enough to speak, maybe one of his or her first questions is, Mommy, why do you have a beard? <laughs> <clears throat> At any event, keep it here. More of Rebel Roundup to come right after this. David Menzies for Rebel News here in Toronto. Well, folks, the other day we ventured down to the TV Ontario studio. That was the venue for the Ontario leaders debate. And outside, there were a couple of protests. One of them was comprised of nurses, and their complaint was twofold. A, they've only received a 1% salary increase during COVID. And secondly, that the stress level working in hospitals and other healthcare institutions is off the charts. Now, here's the thing. When I looked at asking the nurse I was interviewing about the root causes of the stress, namely that hundreds of nurses have been laid off without salary or benefits, and maybe that is adding to the workload that is adding to the stress, check out what another nurse had to say. Suddenly, when it came to vaccination, it was none of my bloody business. Check it out. What is the reason why it's anybody but Doug? Because he's just broken a lot of promises, every promise. Okay. And he, he capped our wages at 1%. Uh, we're a female dominant profession, obviously, and I think that's why he did it. Ma'am, what would make you happy um, in terms of what this Doug Ford government could do in terms of a wage increase or anything else? He needs to, he needs to really look at the wages. He needs to acknowledge what we do. I don't think a lot of people have a clue what the RPNs do. 
um, in comparison to the RN role or the PSW role. We do everything. We do the care, we, we, do, we have the hands-on care. I've worked in the long-term care setting as well, and I left because it is way too much there as well. Mm. There's too much of a burden on the nurses. It, you're working for free sometimes for an hour, an hour and a half. Wow. Because you have a license, you can't leave. I think he really understands any of that, which is a lack of respect. If you want to put a cap on our wages, before you do that, you need to understand what we do and then tell us why you don't think we deserve a decent wage. I'm just wondering, we, we keep hearing how overworked uh, people in the medical profession are because of COVID. What do you, what's your opinion of those uh, nurses who were suspended without pay for not getting the COVID jab? Yeah. We're done? Oh, why are we done here? I wasn't even talking to you, sir. We're good. Thank you, though. Okay, then. But do you have an opinion on that? I mean, if these nurses were on the floor, wouldn't there be less stress? I think there's reasons why nurses, if there's a lot of nurses that, for medical reasons, couldn't get the vaccine. Right. And I don't think they should have been terminated. Okay. Okay? Uh, he was not allowing anything, any, any exemptions to be accepted. So... I think it depends on the circumstance, but that's not what our shortages are for. Nurses are walking away because they are stressed out and fed up. Well, there we have it, folks. Thanks to the odious Vax passport, this is surely a reason working conditions are allegedly so stressful at Ontario healthcare facilities. That's just stating a fact. So why was it that the nosy Parker next to my interview subject tried to terminate the interview simply because we were discussing a piece of hard reality that flies in the face of the official COVID-19 narrative? <laughs> Pathetic. In any event, you had plenty to say. Campion04 writes, It's the cutest thing. A handler behind you determining what you can or cannot say. Make sure it fits the party line. Well, indeed, Campion04. Is this the newest slice of cancel culture? You know, social justice warriors eavesdropping on conversations like the thought police from 1984. Like, mind your own business already. Richard Marr writes, I'm surprised the nurse let the feminine looking boy tell her that she was done speaking. Great interview. And I love how you handle censors. Well, thanks kindly, Richard. And remember how once upon a time freedom of speech was championed by the left? These days, it seems that freedom is the new F word when it comes to these so-called progressives. CH33F writes, Ah, oh, poor things don't have the time for those TikTok dances anymore. Hey, good point, CH33F. I guess when you make the unvaxxed walk the plank, there's a staff shortage when it comes to nurses doing those wannabe Broadway song and dance numbers which I never understood in the first place, to tell you the truth. And Tamara B. writes, As a nurse, she still thinks wearing a mask outside is needed? Yeah, that was odd, Tamara. And you might have noticed her nose was uncovered too, which of course is a breach of mask etiquette, I'm told. But at least she made the time to answer my questions, and she did not bend the knee to the censorious soy boy who wanted the interview to end. So I do appreciate that. Well, that wraps up another edition of Rebel Roundup. Thanks so much for joining us. See you next week. And hey, folks, never forget, without risk, 
there can be no glory. Good night.